What's up, everyone? Jam-packed episode for you. We have a ton of content, about an hour and a half, a little bit longer than we usually do, but it's been almost a month since we've recorded. We start out with a wrestling recap. Pat takes us through the entire wrestling season, so if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to love it. If you're not a wrestling fan or you don't pay attention, kind of like me, you're going to learn a ton and really get into the sport, so definitely check that out. After that, we go into our normal football stuff. We got more transfer portal updates, coaching changes, recruiting classes, ton of stuff for you guys. Let's get it. gentlemen welcome back to another edition of no names all game it has been a while i feel like that's becoming my new intro um it's been about a month our last episode i think was january 27th ish we are recording this on february 22nd if you're a new listener my name is chris joined as always by my co-host pat pat cheers brother it's been a while cheers i'm going with uh, like i said before the ultimate bro move here a beer and a protein shake at the same time it's low key disgusting, but I respect I respect your hustle. As um, long as it's not a protein shake with beer in it, I, I'm okay with it. Yeah, you do have the two separate. You I have did the shaker have to do bottle that one and the glass. It was gross. Yeah, most disgusting thing I ever drank in my life: chocolate protein powder with a natty light and Bacardi Limon. And ooh, it was a rough one. Have you heard anything more college in your life, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? It was not optional for me to do. <laughs> I'll put it that way. And we'll pivot from there. So, like I said, uh, no names, all game, Penn State football podcast. We're happy to be back. Uh, life has gotten a little busy for us, but uh, I want to get back, talk about some things. There's been a lot going on. Um, we're going to lead off with something a little different than we normally do. Yes. But before I even get to that, I got to give one quick shout out. Uh, Penn State Thon was this weekend. $10.6 million raised by the students and the volunteers there. Uh, just an awesome, awesome event. Uh, Pat and I both danced when we were in uh, at Penn State and still still near and dear to our heart. Pat, you watch any of it this weekend? Uh, no, I, I got to see like the you know the videos afterwards at the total reveal, which is great. Yeah, um, it's congratulations, guys. It's always amazing and Dude, Thon is just one of those things that makes you so proud to be a Penn Stater. It always does, and no matter like how how long you were there, how long you've been gone, uh, how routine you would think it becomes, just every time you you see that those numbers go up, it is really amazing. Dude, chills every year. I, and I, it's like it's not hyperbole. Like I was watching the live stream at my apartment on Sunday and watched like the last probably two two and a half hours or so. So it's family hour. It's the stories like. I'm sitting there crying my eyes out, and as soon as those numbers go up, I, I, I literally stood up in my apartment and just fucking started clapping. Like, yeah, it's the coolest thing to be a part How of. How can you not? And yeah, congrats to everyone who's a part of it. You guys all deserve uh, to go get a drink right now. All right. That being said, this is a Penn State football podcast. But guess what? We're all inclusive. We like all sports. Yes, we if you do, don't baby. know us, Pat is our Penn State wrestling aficionado, and I do a really bad job of keeping up on that. I'm not a Penn State. Fan, so to say. Like, let me, uh, let me rephrase. I'm a fan. I, I don't know a lot about it. So we're going to do at some point, uh, Pat and I are going to watch uh, a match, meet. What do I call uh, Well, it's going to be a tournament. Tournament. Okay. Yeah, we're going to watch, watch tournament together. We'll do some, like, live recording of that so you guys can watch me ask a whole bunch of dumb questions. Um, but typically what we do is we do an episode. We talk a bunch of stuff on football. And then in the last, like, 10 minutes, I'm like, oh, yeah, Pat, give us everything you know about wrestling. And it's really, really rushed. So, Pat, 
you're going to lead the show, man. We're Absolutely. going to hear everything about wrestling for the last month plus because we've been really bad about recording. Yes, we have. I'll take the onus on I, that. I mean, I'm basically going to give you the whole season. Cool. So let's do um, it. I am going to sit back, have first, a sip of this beer, I, I want to give a little, a little shout out to Flow Wrestling uh, for two two reasons. Anytime you hear me uh, mentioning the rankings, it's going to be the Flow Wrestling rankings. Nice. That would kind of be the equivalent of the AP rankings. Okay. Very cool. Um, and also, guys, if you're a wrestling fan, you're a Penn State wrestling fan, Get a Flow Wrestling subscription. Uh, they make they make you pay the whole thing up front for the year, but it comes out to like fifteen bucks a month. And I have not missed a single Penn State match this season because of my Flow subscription. Nice. And an important note: this is not a paid sponsorship. We no. are not cool enough to get that. No, yet. we so are this not. Is, this not is at just all. Pat really enjoying Flow the, Wrestling. The guys at Flow have retweeted me a couple of times, but that's about it. Nice. So so <laughs> there's, so there's a little clout. You're like, yeah, I got I got. One this. one time they gave me a shout out during the Southern Scuffle tournament. That was incredible. great. No, that's cool. I like <laughs> it. Okay, cool. Flow Wrestling, go uh, go check them out. All right. So the uh, the kind of format I'm going to go with here is I'm going to tell you about. I'm going to go weight class by weight class, tell you what's been happening to them throughout the season, and then end on the Ohio State match because that was the biggest match of the season. I, again, I, I follow through Twitter and through you. That's how I get my wrestling news. Twitter was erupting for that Ohio State match. I mean, just pins after pins, upsets. It had everything. It so was I'm very excited to hear what you got for us. Incredible. Um, All right, so what weight class are we starting at? So I, we got to start at 125. Um, unfortunately, it was the last match of the night for Ohio State, uh, Penn State Ohio State match, but really not a big deal. Um, honestly, the the biggest news at 125 isn't the guy who's in the lineup; it's the guy who isn't. Okay. Um, Gavin Teasdale was brought in this season, true freshman. Uh, we redshirted him. He was a a blue chip prospect. I believe he was either a three or four time Pennsylvania State champion. Oh wow. Um, he has left the program. Uh, he started the season off, I believe, with some injury problems. Okay. Uh, was supposed to get his red shirt taken off for the Southern Scuffle Tournament. Didn't end up happening. Uh, and it was announced a couple weeks later that he was leaving the program. I think he's been having some issues academically. He's probably going to transfer. Interesting. Um, okay. Big you disappointment. Say Southern, you say Southern Scuffle Tournament. Is that like a big tournament we should know? That's like um, – so there's two big like mid-season tournaments, the Southern Scuffle and the Midlands. Got it. Those are like – Depending on the on the year, the two toughest tournaments before the postseason. Got it. Okay, so we lose him. So what does that mean for for the weight class? Um, so the other kind of guy we have in there is Brody Teske. He did wrestle in the Southern Scuffle. Um, I think he came with three wins, maybe placed fifth. Um, he's the kind of guy. I think he's gonna. He's got a lot of promise going forward. But the thing is, this season, he's not gonna finish All American at NCAA's, which is top eight. Um, and which is probably Penn State standard at this yes. point. Yes, and so, and also we don't need him to win the national title as a team. Okay. So there's just no point to take this kid's red shirt off to have him, you know, not not be an all American. Okay. So does that mean we don't wrestle anyone at that class? No, we uh, we've got Devin Schnupp, who the, the kid's a fighter. He's got heart, but what it comes down to is he's just not good enough to be like a Big Ten wrestler. Okay. Uh, he's won I think like five matches this season. Um, but he goes out there, he fights, he doesn't get pinned, saves team points. And you, you got to give him heart for that. Devin, yeah. we, we love your hustle, kid. You know, wait. <laughs> <laughs> heart of the program, we'll say it yes. that way. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to ask maybe, a, maybe an awkward question. But oh, yeah, feel free to jump in with questions yeah. at any point. Yeah, no, again, listeners, if you feel dumb about wrestling, I am your guy. I will ask the dumb questions. All right, so Devin Schnupp, not good enough to be a Big Ten wrestler. Penn State wrestling has been good for a long time. How does he get to be a part of the program? And okay. again, Devin, I love you. You're, you're the man. I'm just how do we how do we so get So two years ago, 
Penn State recruited Nick Suriano, four-time undefeated New Jersey State champion. Yep. Um, incredible wrestler. Came in, was our 125-pounder. He ended up getting some injuries towards the end of the season, didn't wrestle in the NCAA tournament, uh, and then transferred over to Rutgers. Mm. And the way with wrestling is it's you don't get as many scholarships as football. Sure. So it's not like every weight class. You don't have a next guy up. Um, Penn State has that at a few weight classes, and that is basically unheard of. Got it. Uh, so you, you took a, a scholarship wrestler at 125 where Penn State, before Suriano, had been blessed with Nico Megalutis, three-time finalist, NCAA champ, great wrestler, and they only had one guy there, essentially. Got it. And so the backup— So Schnupp becomes the yeah, main guy. Yeah, becomes, okay. becomes the main guy. Got it. All right. And then this year we thought we had a new guy in Gavin Teasdale, and it again didn't work out. Gavin Teasdale sounds like he should be like the lead singer of like a boy band. Yeah. Or like maybe like even like an alt rock band. Like he, he belongs in like the Goo Goo Dolls yes. or something. Um, okay, cool. So Devin Schnupp, uh, yeah, that's, we love you, buddy. Yes. But that's all, I, that's all I'm going to say on that one. Okay, cool. What's next? So the weight class that has panned out unbelievably well for us, 133, we've got Roman Bravo Young. I love this yeah. kid. The notorious RBY. Uh, he's, he's, my, he's my guy. Um, are people still saying RBV? Because I see that on Twitter. It's, it's there was one guy. Okay, is this still, that's just the there one guy? There was one guy okay. who did it. It was called him RBV the whole, the whole Idiot. match. <laughs> it was Idiot. not good. Okay, cool, cool. I believe RBY. that was against Indiana. Okay. They were, the the general announcing in the Indiana match was horrible. Um, <laughs> so we so moved on. So tell us about Roman Bravo Young. Roman Bravo Young came out like gangbusters, was just dominating people, had incredible pace, was scoring ungodly amounts of points, especially for a true freshman, and was hitting these big moves. I mean, the kid made sports in our top ten for wrestling. Damn. I, I, I can't tell you the last with, time with I've with seen one a wrestling of, clip on With one of the center. coolest moves I've ever seen. <laughs> um and then comes the Southern Scuffle Tournament, and he just didn't look very good. He looked kind of sluggish, like the, just wasn't really there. Wins his first two matches, I believe, and then ends up in the semifinals against ninth-ranked Austin Gomez. Mm. Now, up to this point, he hasn't really wrestled very tough competition. Um, you know, it, it, he, he remains unranked because he hasn't faced a ranked opponent yet up to the Southern Scuffle. And then... After, like, again, just not looking great in that tournament, I believe he was up 9-3 to three against Austin Gomez when he got tossed and pinned, put, put right on his back and pinned. Um, it's one of those things, it was half, like, kind of getting caught in a move, but also half Austin Gomez is a guy who he tosses people. Yeah. So probably wouldn't happen again, but, it, you know, it could. Yeah. Um, but then he wrestles back for third and wins. And then we started seeing kind of a different side of Roman Bravo Young. He wasn't putting up the crazy points, but he was riding tough on top, just kind of breaking people and winning matches. Um, comes out ag against Arizona State, and their 125-pounder actually bumped up to wrestle him. Oh, man. Uh, they had – I forget what he was ranked, but he was top 10 ranked 125-pounder. Uh, and Roman, I believe, majored him. Mm. I think beat him by, like, 11 points, nearly tech fault him. Nice. Um, yeah, so that was a huge match. And then, a turning point uh, for him? Yes. After that, Roman Bravo Young, you finally see him in the flow rankings. Nice. Um, and he's you know he's winning, winning, until we come up against Purdue uh, a few weeks ago, and he hurts himself trying to pull off a real big move, like the one he got on SportsCenter for in the, mm -hmm. in the early minutes of the match. And it, 
he he was able to gut it out and finish the match, but he just he didn't have the explosiveness, the quickness that we're used to from him, and he just couldn't get takedowns. Loses the match. Oh, what um, kind of injury is it? It was a knee injury, I knee. think. Got um, it. I th- and he was out. I think he only missed two matches. Comes back for Ohio State. Oh shit. Ohio State. He and he's the first match of the night. Ohio State and. Pretty much everyone is predicting a w- he's going up against Luke Pletcher, number sixth. I, I think at the time fifth ranked in the country, um, former All American from past last season. Um, great wrestler, big deal. This yes. is a big deal. And one thirty three is probably the most competitive weight class in the country this year. So fifth ranked is very high. I can't tell you the last time I was one thirty three. That's oof. high school. Yeah. Well, uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they they lead off the night and. No one is predicting Roman to win this match. Um, Ohio State fans are predicting a major decision. So Roman goes in there, and he wins in the second rideout period, which is the equivalent of triple overtime. Whoa. No one gets a takedown in, the, in regulation. They each get an escape, and then that's it, going to overtime. Sudden victory is the first overtime period, which is whoever gets a takedown wins. Okay. No one gets a takedown. Ooh. And by the way, during this, um, I believe it was in the second period, uh, Pletcher gets Roman's leg up, like about to take him down, and Roman rolls out, like, ba- like basically flips him over his own back while he's rolling to get out of the takedown. Incredible move. Ninja stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, so after the sudden victory period, we go into the first ride out um, where Roman's able to get a quick escape, I think in like seven seconds. Um, second ride-up period, Roman's on top now, Pletcher's on bottom, Roman rides him out for the whole 30 seconds, matches over, Roman Bravo Young, uh, I believe 3-2 to two victor. Wow. Um, yeah, huge. Okay, so I remember watching this clip, and this actually makes sense. Or 2-1, to 2-1 to one, to one victor, yeah. I remember he was like, he was on top, and he was kind of holding him, and like, nothing really happened He won without to, scoring any points. Yeah, nothing happened in my eyes, and then all of a sudden he's celebrating, I'm like, what the fuck did I miss? That makes yeah, a lot oh, of sense. Yeah. Wow, okay, awesome. Was, and... He then unfortunately gets a team point deducted because of a. Is that the a, spiking his headgear? Yeah, it was it was a really weak call. Yeah, but it happened. I, I didn't think it was. I saw a lot of people on Twitter like yeah. mad on Twitter about that, but I didn't think it was that bad. So Penn State goes up two to nothing. Incredible. You know what I love? I'm, I'm sorry, I keep interjecting, but I'm, no, no. If I'm fucking with your flow, tell me. Our no, listeners no, you're deserve good. your you're flow. Um, yeah, what I love um, about maybe not about Roman Bravo Young, but about the camaraderie between the sports is a lot of the young football players are all about Penn State wrestling. Micah Parsons, Jesse Dude, Lucada. Micah Parsons loves Penn State Dude, wrestling. And they're all, like, they're, I, it seems like they're best friends, like Micah and Roman. I don't know if I they know. are or not. I but hope t- they are. Twitter tells me they are, and it's just, it's so much fun seeing them, like, cheer them on. You know, you, you see these, the, the wrestler, or the football players in the stands, you see them all over Twitter getting hyped. Micah had, like, a snap story where he's, like, screaming. He's like, Roman! Roman! Like it's so fucking cool. So I I love that kind of crossover between sports. And by, by the way, this was most people were picking this Penn State Ohio State match to be Penn State wins by like two or three. Oh, real close. Yes. Um, what's what's like a oh, normal margin? Ohio. Of I, I saw some Ohio State fans picking Ohio State to win by like ten. Damn. Going match by match. Yeah. yeah. Didn't pan out that way. <laughs> so so if if you're Penn State like, wins most its matches by roughly twenty points. Oh damn. Okay. Got it. Good frame of reference there. I like that. Okay, so they're, they're thinking two to three, maybe Penn State ekes yes. it out, and then chaos continues to yes. ensue. But now there's there's been a wrench thrown in Ohio State's plan from the beginning with the upset win for Roman Bravo Young. That's a five-point swing right there. It's huge. Yeah. Um, so now we move on to 141. We got Nick Lee. Nick Lee's been dominating kids all year. Um, 
just, I mean, unbelievable pace. He's, he's a true sophomore. Uh, he got his red shirt taken out in the middle of last season, and he's just been pretty phenomenal. I think he ended up taking fifth in the NCAAs last season. Um, but he's been really st- – he's, he's been another level so far this season, absolutely dominating guys, putting up huge points and riding very hard on top. Um, then we come to the Wisconsin match. He comes up against, I believe, number 12-ranked Tristan Moran. And it's one of these matches where Nick is seems to be working all the offense throughout the entire match. Like I don't think Moran took an, a shot of his own the entire match, but he just kind of like would pull out some funky moves where he would be able to stalemate so Nick wouldn't get a takedown or he would get a takedown off one of Nick's shots. Okay. Uh, Nick ends up losing that match by two points in overtime. Mm. Um Getting taken down off his own shot in overtime. Ooh, it was that a, hurts. Yeah, it was it was a tough one to watch because it just felt like it shouldn't have happened. If you're a Penn State fan, um, I'm sure there's a little bit of Homer in me saying that, but that's just watching it. That was how it how it felt. No, like, I think like that's Nick should have won that match, but kind of just didn't get it. Yeah, I think that's you hear that in sports a lot, right? Like the yeah. better team didn't win, and of course it can sound cliche or can sound biased, but I, but I think that's fair. At this point, is Nick ranked or no? Yes, um, okay. I believe after the Tristan Moran match, he's ranked sixth. Oh, so he so he was the favorite in that match. Yes, he was. Oh, okay. Um, I think before he was ranked third. Oh, damn. All might right. have been fifth, though. All right. Um, so he, he, he falls down to, I believe, sixth. Um, comes into – no, number he falls to number five. Yes, he was three, falls to five after the match. Per Flow Wrestling, please yes. sponsor us. Exactly. Comes into the Ohio State match, coming up, coming up against number two, Joey McKenna, a guy who beat him last season in this same dual meet in a huge match – and just kind of just was able to kind of break Nick Lee at the end of the match. Um, and it does not start off well for Nick. Um, by the way, he does, after the Wisconsin loss, he seems to come up to even a new level where he's, like, really just working. Um, but then you know, Ohio, Ohio State comes up. Uh, McKenna gets two takedowns in the first period and an escape. Uh, Lee gets one takedown. So we're going to the second period. McKenna's up 5-2. to two. But then just Nick Lee somehow kicks it into another gear. Um, I believe he starts the second period on bottom, gets out. Uh, yeah, gets out, and then gets, a, mis- gets a, a takedown. He ends the period up 6-5, right? I'm taking your word for it. Yes, absolutely. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then in the third period, he's able to uh, – he, he just rides out Joey McKenna, just absolutely breaks him, comes out with a huge, huge win, 7-6. Um, to six. Okay. Yeah. Tight one. Oh, yeah. It was, it, but it was gigantic. Yeah, as and the, under, as like, the underdog. Like, everyone who was guy. watching just saw Nick Lee mentally beat him in, that la- in the third period, just totally broke him down. I feel like that's almost more fun. Like, Well, no. Cause it, quick, it, it's kind of hard for me to remember the exact – uh, because, details on that. Because it's drawn out like that, Yeah, right? it because it, it was A, a few weeks ago. B, I was kind of drunk. <laughs> <laughs> C, I, it was really exciting. Yeah. So, like, your, your brain's not working properly. And, like, there were so many more exciting matches to come that it's, like, Dude, I th- couldn't I th- keep it all in your mind. I think you're doing a great job, man. Like, your, your, your attention to detail, like, they, they say Sean McVay remembers, like, every single play ever. You're, you're sitting here I'm going, not up there. I'm not no, 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 but you're going round by round, dude. Yeah. I'm like... I can't do that with like a, a, a single football game or a single baseball game. I'm like, what happened in the fourth that. inning? So, yeah, continue. Good I appreciate sir. that. Um, so this was another match 
really no I didn't see anyone predicting Nick Lee to win this match. Ohio State fans were predicting a major decision for McKenna. So now Penn State's up five nothing when they should have been down six nothing. Wow. That's a huge swing. This is yeah, unbelievable. Did you hear my prepubescent squeak right there? I did. That's how and that's how excited I, I was. <laughs> um move on to one forty nine. Been an interesting weight class for Penn State. Um been started off the season with Jared Verclearen, who wasn't really the clear starter, but Brady Burgey uh, kind of had some injury issues. Um, they wrestled each other in the Southern Scuffle Tournament because you can enter more than one person. Right. Um, that part I remember you teaching us last time, a months ago. Burgey beat uh, Verclearen in either the quarter or the semifinals. Um, but after that, Burgey injury defaulted. So I believe Verclearen took third and Burgey took second. Okay. Um, then Burgey kind of came back and he's wrestling. Um, he wrestled pretty much every dual meet after the Southern Scuffle. I believe he only lost one match um, to a ranked opponent. He, he was, for a time, kind of frustrating to watch because he would win, but kind of not by enough. Like he was making it way too close, wasn't working enough offense. And just very nerve-wracking, kind of letting guys back in matches after he had leads. Uh, but then, then then, really started to step it up and work a lot of offense. Um, but then he ends up getting hurt again. Mm-hmm. And so Ohio State match comes around, and Jared Verclearen gets trotted out for 149. Um, i got to look up what the ranking for Ohio State's wrestler is here, but it is it was quite high. Um, and while you're looking that up, so when you say offense in wrestling, is that the guy who's just taking more on shots, attack, going for down? takedowns? Yeah. Okay, got it, got it. Hold on here. This episode is brought to you by the beer that I'm drinking. This is Ballast is, Point. See, right? this is what we call Fathom this is what IPA? we call filling air. It's yes. a Fathom IPA from Ballast. Point. Okay, Mike, and we're back. Micah Jordan, second ranked in the country at 149. Uh, he's he's a senior also, and I believe he's a three time All American. Okay. Great wrestler. Yeah. And this is another one that uh, everyone is predicting Ohio State to win. All Ohio State fans are calling for major decision. Um, and Jared Verclear, not even Penn State's starter, takes this match so tight. I believe the final score was – hold on. Let me see if they have it here. I am on the edge of my seat right now. You can't do this to me. It was um, so close. The final score was. <laughs> let me look it up. Does he win um, or not? He does not win. Oh, I'm sorry. Damn I, I'm I'm having trouble finding the box score Spoiler here. Spoiler alert: He um, didn't win. See if you can look it up. Find the Penn State uh, okay. Ohio State wrestling box score. But I believe it was tied six to six going in the third period, and he gets hit with kind of a questionable stall call, and. It was one of those, like, the match could have gone either way, and the refs kind of helped out Micah Jordan to take that one. But he took a wrestler that he basically had no business beating and nearly did beat him. And again, this is a—it was essentially a one-point swing because people were expecting Ohio State to get 14 points. They end up with three. I mean, that's that's a—I don't want to say moral victory because moral victories don't exist in sports, but kind of, right? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, the internet doesn't love box scores right now. Um, yeah, this is dead air. This is fine. Our listeners yeah, like dead air. Hopping on, uh, I'm, I'm hopping on Flow Wrestling, what I should have done from the beginning here. Wow, you're pushing them and you're not even on it. 
All right. Let now me, you're getting let, some music yeah, in the background. Here we this go. Is, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call a train wreck. That's the Fathom IPA. I'll tell you a quick story while Pat's looking that up. Uh, we are trying out some new audio equipment because we've had some audio issues in the past. Uh, and we needed some batteries, so we walked to the local grocery store. And, of course, out in front of the grocery store is your friendly neighborhood Girl Scouts. Hell yeah. How can you resist, right? So Pat goes up. He buys a box of, what'd you get? Trefoils? Trefoils, yeah. The most Classic. simple. This, it's so simple. Like, I'm not, I'm not knocking them. They're fine cookies, but that's simple. Uh, and like okay. as a, almost as a joke, kind of subconsciously, I was genuinely asking, but I said it jokingly because I didn't have cash. I go, huh, bet you guys don't take card, do you? And the mom looked at me. She's like, oh, yeah, we do. I was like, oh, shit. Like not even pissed that I had to buy them because I genuinely wanted them. But I was like, wow, you got me. Um, so I got some Thin Mints. I got some Tagalongs and I got some s'mores. Uh, diet starts Monday. That's what I'll say. And we're back. So Mike, Micah Jordan comes out with a 10-8 victory over Jared Verclaren. Um Again, it was I believe it was tied 8-8 eight to eight going into the third period. And um, with Verclaren on top, he gets hit with a very questionable stall call where if you um, – so if you're the top wrestler and the other guy stands up and you still kind of have a hold on him, if you do that for too long, they'll call you for stalling. Oh. Um, so they, they – Called him for stalling there, basically, and he lets him go a second later. Uh. Kind of a cheap call. So now in, it was 8-8. Eight, eight. Now he gets the stall point and the escape point, 10-8, and he can't, can't manage to get a takedown to tie it up at the end of the match. But huge swing here. Um, next up, Jason Nolf. Nolf, Nolf, So Nolf. Jason Nolf is the – he's the, uh, like, odds-on – Best wrestler in the pound for pound wrestler in the country. Um, there and there's the in fact his only competition is Bo Nickel. I was gonna say I, I think and this is in my very limited expertise, uh, humble opinion. I think Jason Nolf is like to the outsider, maybe not to the to the wrestling fan, but to the outsider, he is like the the humble hero where Bo Nickel's a little bit more flashy. Yes, he gets the press, he gets the headlines, Absolutely. he's got the blue hair. Nolf just gets shit done. He does. Well, Nolf is also, like, the what people love about Jason Nolf is he's probably the most, like, creative wrestler going right now, where he just, I don't even know how to describe half, <laughs> half the thing he does. <laughs> he just comes up with yeah. stuff. That's cool. So, he's going up against very quality opponent in number six, Keyshawn Hayes. Big-time matchup. Um, everyone's predicting Nolf to win. Uh, some people are saying major decision. I see Ohio State fans calling for a simple decision. Jason Knopf goes out there, and Tech falls him twenty-one to six. Oh, just puts, get him! Puts on a takedown clinic <laughs> and dominates this guy. I love it. I mean, it. just. I mean, it, it's it's not even fair. Yeah, if you hear us like not getting our words out right now, it's because we're genuinely speechless like that. Yeah, I mean, that's I, I know nothing about wrestling, and that's so yeah. fucking impressive. Oh, it was. I mean, I I don't know what else to say, but he just he just killed this kid. Tech um, fall, remind me, what is exactly, what's the definition That's of if you're ball? winning by 15 points at any time during the match, <laughs> they just end it. It's essentially the mercy rule. Yeah, I was just going to say, it's, it's hey kid, uh, better luck yes. next time. So this is the number sixth ranked kid in the country in the biggest dual meet of the year. And just five minutes and 51 seconds in, Ooh, just ends it. That's quick. Oh, yes. It was at 51 seconds into the third period. Damn. How many periods are there normally? Three. Oh, well, easy. I knew that. <laughs> so now the score is ten to three. 
Um, I know Ohio State did lose a team point somewhere for the coaches arguing. I think it was in the last match. So I believe the score is 10-2 to Penn State now. Okay. Um, and now comes out Vincenzo Joseph. Uh, Vin- Vincenzo, interesting, interesting guy. Uh, he's a two-time NCAA champion, never won a Big Ten championship. How is that possible? You were, you, were telling, you were talking about that off air. How do you win a national without winning a Big Ten? Because in, in football, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, well, so. Likely, well, yeah, it does, but you know what I mean. So there's an interesting thing with, so you, um, if you f- finish high enough in Big Tens, you still qualify for the NCAA tournament. It's okay. two separate tournaments. Okay. So he didn't win the Big Ten tournament, won the NCAA tournament. Makes sense. Got it. Um, so I, I should also mention Null's been dominating kids all season. Um, hasn't lost a match yet. I believe he's 20-0. and 0. Uh, with, like, s- 10 pins. He's the all-time Penn State pins leader now. He's incredible. Penn nearly, State. Nearly half of his uh, matches in his college career have ended with pins. It's incredible. What, what's, like, and I don't expect you to have this stat, but what's, like, an average career college wrestler's pin success rate? Uh, 20%? 25%? No, not even close. Like, oh, even if, lower. Yeah, it, like, if you're... So, like, this dude's at a 50% clip, and, like, if you're average like a, is, like, 12. So, the thing is, if you're a very good college wrestler, you're probably also wrestling very high competition. Like, a very good wrestler might end his career with 20 pins. Damn. Jason Nolf, I believe, has 57. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. <laughs> Question answered. Yes. Moving on. Uh, so, now we go on to 65. Uh, Vincenzo Joseph, number one ranked by Flo, two-time NCAA champion, uh, I believe comes, you know, he hasn't lost a match all season. I think he comes into Ohio State at 18-0 and on the year, maybe 16-0 and because he had missed a match or two. Um, takes on number six, Tayshawn Campbell. And, again, just it, there's no competition. He majors this kid 11-2. to Yeah. Get him. Um, it wasn't quite the dominance of Jason Nolf, but you're, you're taking a, a sixth-ranked opponent. And, and majoring. I'll take 11-2. to Yeah. Yeah. I, I will sign up for that every time. And I believe those only those two points were only two escape points, so the kid couldn't work his offense at all. Uh, just a real dominant effort by Vincenzo Joseph. Uh, I believe the score is now fourteen to two, Penn State. Now we move up to one seventy four with Mark Hall. Mark Hall, another returning NCAA champion. He won it as a true freshman. Lost it the next year as a sophomore to Zahid Valencia. Uh, so Mark comes into the season ranked second by Flo. Um, so, you know, starts off dominant as as expected, wins the Southern Scuffle, and then comes a uh, dual meet against Arizona State uh, where he wrestles Zahid, the only kid who's really beaten him. Um, and he just kind of breaks Zahid in the third period, I believe comes away with a 4 nothing win. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah, and so now Mark is ranked number one. He's the odds-on favorite for the national title. Um, so, and then coming into Ohio State, he comes up against Ethan Smith, again, sixth ranked. Um, and again, not much of a challenge, 12-4 to four major decision. Yeah, we kind of run out of words when you're just like, yeah, he dominated, he yeah. crushed, he obliterated. And yeah. Mark calls Mark a... He's not been putting up crazy offensive numbers this season. He's the kind of guy, um, he'll take you down and he'll he'll just kind of ride guys out, uh, accrue riding time, try and turn them, which is not easy to do in college. He doesn't always get the turns yeah. t- to get back points. And 
you know, so he hasn't been putting up like the electric numbers or a, of a Jason Nolf or a Bo Nickel. He's been coming out with a lot of decision victories. But then to come in against a you know a sixth ranked kid in the biggest match of the year and get a major decision, just complete dominance. Yeah, that's amazing. I love it. And I believe the score is now eighteen to two, Penn State. Big time. Yes. Okay. What so, do we got next? Uh, One eighty four. Uh, so Miles Martin, who um, some of you casual Penn State wrestling fans might recognize from the clip of Bo Nickel pinning him in the national finals last last year. How'd that work? <laughs> Uh, so oh wait wait Miles Martin is on us or he's on Ohio State? No, he's on Ohio State. Okay, you th- yeah, I'm a two beers Sorry. in, guys. I'm two beers Sorry. in. Sorry. Um, Miles Martin, he's the number one ranked guy in the country at 184. Got it. Um, our 184-pounder Shakur Rashid, he's been great. Uh, I believe he's ranked sixth or seventh. Hasn't had a very tough schedule, but he's hasn't lost a match yet this season. Unfortunately, injured for this match. Mm. Hurt his knee. Um, so we've got our backup Mason Manville in there. Now, the real crazy thing about Mason Manville is I believe he's a sophomore. Not just that. He actually wrestles at 165. And he's now at what for this match? 184. (laughs) So at this match where he wrestled at 184, he weighed in at 171. You're allowed to do that? Yeah. All you have to to do is um, weigh in higher than two weight classes below you. Interesting, because like with what I mean, this is probably not a fair reference, but in like boxing or MMA, like there's a very tight window that you have to be yeah. in. Yeah, wrestling is like, hey, as long as you're within 20 pounds, you're good. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, hey, good for him for stepping up to the challenge, I guess, right? And yeah, I mean, and he, you know, he uh, he wrestles admirably. Uh, through the first two periods, Miles Martin really, really takes it to him. Um, then Mason starts like trying to work his offense in the third period. I don't think he ends up with any takedowns, um, but he, he puts out an admirable effort, but really just gets outclassed by Miles sure. Martin. Sure. Uh, drops a major decision, 18-6. to six. Mason Manville. Mason Manville. Sounds like he should be a country artist. Yes. He yeah. actually um he actually wrestled in the Southern Scuffle Finals against Vincenzo Joseph at one, 165. Oh, wow. All yeah. right. Okay. Very cool. He Mason. got pinned, but— Mason. I like you, man. You got a cool name. He, he's, he's got a very bright future as a Penn State wrestler. Okay. Um, he'll probably be in the lineup somewhere next season. I've also realized that part of my Penn State wrestling like fandom comes off of how much I like your name. Uh, when we did this a couple months ago, Roman Bravo Young, that was a really cool name. name. I was like, Great I like name. that guy. Now I Mason know. Manville, you got a cool name, dude. I'm in. Vincenzo Joseph. Yeah, Jinx. I don't know. Bo Nickel. Yeah, we, we can keep this going, guys. Right. We can keep this so going. So now we move up to 197. And at this point, I think the, the match has been decided. Penn State's going to win. Ohio State really can't. I was going to say, um, is, there, is there a point where you are like officially clinched and you can't win? Or is there yeah, there's always, uh, somewhere in there mathematically. Um, sure. So I, I think, like Again, I said, I Penn State that, is up 14 to 6 at this point. So uh, mathematically, Ohio State can still win it. Sure, they get a couple of pins or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, and so at 197, Bo Nickel, Bo. two-time NCAA champion. He's um, got the blue hair now, yeah? Yes, dyed his hair blue for this match. He's gone Super Saiyan God. Um, <laughs> no, it was actually it was after this match. Sorry, it was all after right, this I match. We're, we're a month behind, people. Keep yeah. up. Um, been dominant all season. He's uh, for this season, I believe, is leading the team in pins. Uh, I think he's twenty-one and zero with eleven pins this season. Um, I think he might have one match that hasn't been a bonus point match, which is a major decision or better. That's it. Jesus. But I, I, he actually might – every single match he's wrestled this year might be bonus points. And you're saying Nolf is 
arguably the best. Yes. It's between them two. That's really. insane. Like, and, and again, that's not a knock on either one of them, but as good as Bo Nickel is, and again, I feel like he gets a little bit more of the publicity. He does. It's insane that you have two of these guys on the same fucking team. Yeah. And so Bo's two NCAA champs are at, they're at the weight class below. Okay. At 184. Uh, he bumps up this year to 197. He's taken on number two ranked Colin Moore. Now, they've never wrestled before, so I'm extremely nervous. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, most people predicting Bo to, Bo to win. Every Ohio State fan I'm seeing is predicting Colin Moore. Naturally. I'm even seeing a couple major decisions in there for him. Oh, grow up. Bo pins Colin Moore in 38 seconds. <laughs> 38 seconds. 38 seconds. That is unreal. Number two. Yes. 38 seconds. How long is a round? Two, uh, the first period is three minutes long. Oh, my God. The, the two after that are We're two We're talking each. about guys going to triple overtime. We're talking about guys going third round, just escaping. This dude is 38 seconds into the first round, pins the number two guy. This would be like if Alabama had beat Georgia by 100 points. That's Would amazing. be roughly the equivalent. That's incredible. <laughs> Bo Nickel, uh, if you ever want to come on the podcast, yeah. open invitation. Absolutely. You're a fucking Yeah, badass. I mean, the, the match essentially went um, – Colin took a shot in on Bo, got pretty deep, but to be honest, that's not uncommon for Bo kind of lets guys get in on his legs. Um, he get gets out of it, no points. Colin takes another shot, and Bo just, in one of his uh, crazy Bo Nickel moves, locks him up in a cradle, puts him on his back, and gets, gets the pin. I saw that clip. It was, it was electric. It was just amazing. insanity. I believe the score at this point is now 20 to 6. It's, it's, it is over at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, He's amazing. And quick Bo Nickel aside, I know we're going to keep moving with this match, but I saw uh, from our friends at Flow Wrestling, please sponsor us, we're going to keep saying that, uh, there was a clip from him against, I believe it's Michigan State, mm-hmm. 35 second pins the dude. And it is so ridiculously funny to me. And, and I don't think this was Bo's intent at all, but like as soon as he's done, the kid is like on the floor getting up. And Bo gives him like a little tap he's on the shoulder. He's a great sport. But he, he gives him like a little tap on the shoulder, which in, in I'm sure in Bo's mind is like, hey, great match. Like you're a competitor, yeah. you're a war. But to the outsider, it looks like better luck next time, kid. Yeah. Good luck. Like it was so good. Anyway, back to Ohio State. So I actually did my math wrong. Penn State's up 24 to 6 at this point. Better. By the way, this, Ohio State's the number ranked two team in the country. Number two. Okay, yes. and where are we? One. I just had to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and this was what most people were predicting to be a two- to three-point match, and that Penn State could even lose it if things didn't go their way. Yeah, this is Goliath versus Goliath. I mean, you, yes. got, you got your— And now it's 24 to 6. It's incredible. And Ant, next up, we got heavyweight Ant, the champ, Kassar. Nice name. Man. Oh, I love this kid. Out of Rocky Hill, New Jersey. Jersey, what My up? boy, Ant Kassar. <laughs> You're so Jersey. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so Anthony wrestled at 197 last season. Uh, actually ended up losing his starting spot to Shakur Rashid towards the end of the season. This year bumps up to 285. This kid has put on like 40 pounds of muscle oh my God. over the summer. He eats 10 eggs a day, this kid. Jesus. Let me tell you. I was going to say, your jersey Nothing but fucking <laughs> eggs and gabagol for Ant Kassar. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the gabagol, bring it over. So, Anthony starts off the season, I don't know where he started off ranked, but pretty high. Um, and then he's just running train on kids, because he's a, he's a small heavyweight. Okay. Um, At heavy- 285? Well, he's not 285. He weighs about 230, 240. Oh, this is that crazy rule where you can be within yeah, so weight Yeah, so heavyweight goes up to 285. Understood. Though. Heavyweight is from 197 to 285. Oh, that's a huge range. Yeah. 
And so the kind of traditional heavyweight is a just a kind of big, kind of fat, strong guy. But Ant is a fucking athlete. Yeah. He 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 looks like he could play football. What'd you say, two thirty ish? I think yeah, I think he's about two thirty. I think he floats between like two thirty, two forty. How tall is he? I believe he's like six three. Okay. So he's yeah. like he's like he looks like he could play outside linebacker. Yeah, I was I was trying to make it like a, a player comparison, but I'm not yeah. that quick on my feet. Keep going. Um, he's he's just running train on kids. He's he hasn't had the toughest schedule up to this point, but he's beaten a few ranked guys. Um, and then Southern Scuffle comes around, and he come and I believe at the time Anthony's ranked second going to the Southern Scuffle. Um, in the finals he meets who a kid who I believe at the time is ranked number five. Um. I can never remember this kid's real name. Uh, Derek White, I believe. Um, it's not that hard of a name to remember. <laughs> what well, do you mean by real? Does he have a good nickname? Oh, yeah. The Cowboy Bulk Job. The ca- Say that again? Cowboy Bulk Job. Out, out of Oklahoma State. Yeah. Why the hell would you go by Devin White? <laughs> yeah. I believe it's Derek White. Derek, same. Well, Devin White's yes. a linebacker. Whatever. Over it. But yeah. Cowboy Bulk Job. I believe give him to my man, Clint Fretwell. Shout out. Fair. Um and he, he drops the Southern Suffolk final by a, a point. So Anthony is coming into this Ohio State match. Doesn't lose a match after that, of course. He's coming in ranked third um, against Chase Singletary, who I, I, I don't have his exact ranking on hand, but he's a top 10 okay. guy. Nice. Um, beats him 18-8. to eight. Just Anthony's the better athlete, the better yep. wrestler. Yep. Like it's, just, it's painfully obvious at this point. Runs through Chase Singletary, just takes him down at will, basically. Game over. Penn State is now up twenty-eight to six. Now the match started at uh, at one thirty-three, so we circle back around to one twenty-five. Devin Schnupp drops the seven to four decision. Really not important. Penn State comes out the win, twenty-eight to nine. Twenty-eight to nine. And uh, since then, they beat Michigan State thirty-seven to ten. And Illinois thirty nine to nine. I think I think we can say that's pretty damn good. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good run to dominate the number two team in the country and then just keep doing yes. what you're doing. So, I, I told you I was gonna drop a fucking a bomb of, of a statement. You did. So people often ask me if being a Penn State wrestling fan is like being an Alabama football fan. Wait, timeout, pause. So I just want to make this super clear for the listeners. Off air, Pat said he was gonna drop a bold bomb of a statement and i didn't even just like i didn't pick up that it was happening right now i thought you were like this is it it. this is the statement people ears up okay people often ask me if being a penn state wrestling fan is like being an alabama football fan dominance in respective sports yeah the short answer is no penn state wrestling is far better than alabama football Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) And, and let me explain there's um, some numbers here, aren't there? Now, yes. <laughs> now, of course, I'm calling this like the recent string of dominance both teams have had. Sure. Alabama's starts in 09, Penn State's in 2011. Okay. And Comparable. By the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make an assumption that Penn State wins the national championship this season. This is an unbelievably safe assumption. You know, yeah. like Alabama comes in every year to favor to win, but they don't always. Mm-hmm. There's... No realistic way that Penn State doesn't win a national championship this season. I love it. It's really what it comes down to. (laughs) Love it. Um, So I'll give it. So Alabama's got the extra two years in there. Sure. They have five national championships from 09 to 19. Yes. Because we're in 10 years this year. Okay. They've won five. 
Got it. Penn State from 2011 to 2019. Again, I'm counting this as a year that Penn State wins. Sure. We'll have won eight out of nine national championships. Jesus. And the one year that they didn't, I believe they finished either second or third. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of like a good point to come back on that. I just don't have one. Alabama has so – n- now we'll talk individual. Alabama's got two Heisman Trophy winners ever. The equivalent to the Heisman in uh, wrestling would be the Hodge Trophy. In the past uh, – Alabama has two ever or two in this time period? Two ever. Really? Yes. That's a fact. Yes. Who we got? We got Mark Ingram and Derrick Henry? Yeah. That's it? Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you, but that's just that's a little mind-boggling. Okay. Um, so since 2011, Penn State's had two guys win the Hodge Trophy twice. No. Yeah. Who are those guys? David Taylor Our and guy. Zane Rutherford. Oh, my. That's amazing. Yep. And, by the way, they're going to they're gonna win another one this year with either Jason Nolf or Bo Nickel. Yeah. Okay, so those guys win it twice. So you got Magic Man, David Taylor twice. Zane, Zane wins The it Zane twice. Train, Zane Rutherford. Oh, I, like, I didn't know that one. So oh, yeah. Zane learning, Train, guys, baby. Learning it. Uh, has anyone else won it once in that time period or no? No. Okay, so just the two twice, but yeah. Bo Ward and Alf win it. Mm-hmm. We got five of those bad boys yeah. in the last X amount of years. Absolutely. And Alabama has two all time. I still can't get over the two Heismans. That's, it seems like it should yeah, be. Five in nine years. Wow. Is it going to be? Is, I mean, the, the Hodge, you could at least question by the end of the season, but it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, so Flow Wrestling does a pound-for-pound pound rankings. All of the top four wrestlers are Penn State wrestlers. Wow. Pound-for-pound. Pound. It's incredible. Penn State Wrestling, listen, yeah. you, you have officially won me over, okay? Yeah. I'm not going to know all the rules. I'm not going to know all the terminology, but I am a fan. Via Pat, you guys are more than welcome to come on the show anytime you want. Any single one of you. Yeah. Anyone. I'm going to give you another one. So people love to talk about like the Alabama being a football factory producing professional NFL players. Two years ago, so there, there's 10 weight classes. Two years ago, five Penn State wrestlers won national championships. Half of their lineup. Jesus. The best sort of equivalent I could find to that for football, that would be like one team getting 16 first-round picks. When, when you think about it. Yeah. No, I kind of like that. And what, the, the most of, a, of one school getting first-round picks is what, like five probably? Probably. Six maybe. Yeah. I know Ohio State or in Alabama. Half of the national champions two years ago were from Penn State. That's amazing, man. No, that is. And, like, I, I mean, I joke, obviously, but, like, just the, the sheer impressiveness of, I mean, athletic display. Like, there's a lot of people who don't get wrestling, me being one of them. Like, I hand up. I, I don't get the appeal. I don't understand the rules. I'm coming around. You guys won me yeah. over. But, like, if you just take an objective look at the display of athleticism and dominance, it's, it's unparalleled. Yeah, I mean, Penn State wrestling, I mean, I can't say there's absolute certainty because I haven't followed every program in college sports. Sure. But I would say it's probably the most modern college sports program. Yeah, dynasty. Absolute absolute. dynasty. And there's n- absolutely no signs, signs of slowing down. Watch, there's probably like an Idaho State fencing team that's like better. Garbage. Fuck you, Idaho State. Just kidding. I like you. Um, all right. That's all I got for wrestling, guys. Thank you for sticking with me for that long. That had to be like at least half an hour. Oh, that's a wrap. That's, <laughs> that, that's a, that might be a whole episode by itself. I don't even know. Hell, I love it, though. Guys, listen, for real, if you like this kind of talk, Penn State Wrestling, please let us know. If you don't, we're probably going to still do it. So yeah. fast forward if you really have to. I would highly encourage you to listen to it because it's entertaining as fuck. But let us know what you want. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us know what you like about it, what you don't like about it. Yeah, if you guys have any, didn't like the way I did anything, did like the way I did something, feel free to reach out to us to Twitter, Instagram. Give me your constructive criticism. Or if you just want to tell me I'm garbage, whatever. Uh, 
I wouldn't say that. But, uh, <laughs> we're here for the people. Let us know what you think. Now we will segue into our usual Penn State football talk. So it is, like I said, February 22nd. We are recording this. Uh, last episode was January 27th. So some things have happened. Um, we got a couple different segments we're going to hit. We'll start with some quick hitters, basically just headlines of things that have happened. I'm going to read them off to you, and you're going to give us your gut reaction. Absolutely. Th- this is, by the way, this is off the cuff. I don't know any of these coming up. Very true. Very true. I just wrote a bunch of this down. So we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll get into some actual updates. We got some transfer portal updates for you guys. We got some coaching changes. We have some Twitter questions. We got some recruiting stuff. Uh, so a lot of good stuff to get into. Uh, so let's start it with with some uh, some quick hitters. Uh, James Franklin hits his head and gets 11 staples. What do you think? I did see this one. And still went to the team workout. Still finished the workout. So if you missed the, the story. the coach I love. If you missed the story, uh, one of the workouts, they were running from the outdoor practice field into the indoor facility. And I guess a roll-up door wasn't completely open. Franklin was going through and just rocked his head on it. It's uh, a problem I've never had. <laughs> Pat Short, if you don't get that joke. <laughs> uh, sorry, man. I just had to say it very directly. Um, Let me tell you, I am the same height as Napoleon, <laughs> who was average height, for, who was above average height for his time period. Above average. <laughs> um, but yeah, 11 staples in his head, and they say he finished the practice. So, like, my biggest question is do you have someone on site that puts staples in your head? Like, I know there's on site medical, but I have to do- imagine for a football practice. I guess, but I figured you'd go to the hospital for something like that. Yeah. Either way, not badass, if you're a man. Badass. Rub some sit. dirt on it. I can say the only thing I'm, I'm honestly a little bit worried about is Franklin has one of the better bald heads in the country. Like, I hope yes. that's not a big scar. But if it is, that's also kind of ca- cool. Kind of character. Yeah. All right. That's number one. Uh, number two, Saquon officially wins Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, if he hadn't, it would have been ridiculous. Baker Mayfield had an incredible rookie season. Saquon Barkley had an incredible season. That's it. That's it. We argued with uh, you follow us on Twitter at no names all game. We argued with so many people of well Baker was more valuable to his team. Listen, it's I not get most it. valuable rookie. It's not. It's not. And and listen, yes, he turned the Browns around, which is awesome. And I think it's going to be really really cool to watch him for years to come. He was the best rookie quarterback. Saquon is a top 2 if not number one, running back. There, there was a legitimate argument that he was the best running back in, yeah. in the NFL. It's, this it's Todd Gurley and it's Saquon. I honestly don't even put Zeke. Like, Zeke is a, is a, like, yes, he's number three, and this isn't Ohio State shade. You just look at the numbers. He's like, there's a bit of a gap for me to number three. One and two are Zeke and oh, Gurley. Saquon had such sorry, a Saquon better receiving year than Zeke did. Yeah, and honestly, with, with the way Gurley ended the year, I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what they were doing. Like, Saquon fully deserved it. Very happy for our Not guy. Not to mention both those guys play on like good teams. Yeah. And the Saquon gi- the plays Giants on a garbage line, team. And the Giants O-line is bad. Horrible. Bad. Horrible. Um, so yeah, really happy for him. So he, he kind of had a clean sweep. He had the Pepsi Rookie of the Year, which is fan voted. He had, I think it's like Sporting News, which is voted by the peers, the players. And then he had the official like AP one, which is their official one. So good. Really, really nice. Saquon, good for you. Um, Christian Hackenberg in the American Alliance of Football. Didn't play very well. Not doing very well. and Something and tells me that's going to be a trend. And this is what I, I do want to say this like on record. I am 100% rooting for Christian Hackenberg. Uh, yeah. If you are a new listener, Pat and I are both New York Jets fans. So we saw Hack at Penn State, got him drafted by our team. There were no bigger fans of us than Christian Hackenberg wanting him to be the face of the You mean the there New was York no Jets. bigger fans of Christian Hackenberg than us? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, we wanted you, The him. way you said it, you you made it sound like Christian Hackenberg was big fans of ours. <laughs> oh, maybe, <laughs> maybe he is. I don't know. Um, but no, seriously, like, we wanted him to be the guy for the Jets. Like, that was, you know, 
I wanted it so badly. And it didn't happen. So he's he's on the Memphis Express. His first game was subpar. There was a couple nice throws. There was a really nice touchdown. It got called back for a penalty. It was a beautiful throw. Um, Second game, though, I think what's I think what's going to haunt him. And again, I am I'm pro Christian Hackenberg. I want him to do well. What's going to haunt him are these clips of him getting really angry. I don't know if you've seen them, but like he's I don't know if he doesn't know he's mic'd up or if there's a hot mic, but like he just he he like screams like bad. He's just like. How the fuck did that guy get in? And like, and you can see him like yelling at teammates or coaches, oh or boy. at least let me let me rephrase. It's that's what it appears to be. That guy just can't catch a good offensive line, can he? No, and that's it's man. I want him to do well, and like, it's it's one of those things. Like people have fun with it on Twitter. Like man, I'm, I wonder if Christian Hackenberg will ever have fun playing football because it looks like he's just so fucking frustrated, and like that sucks, you know. Yeah. The, the guy hasn't played behind a good offensive line in ten years. Give no. him a break. No, he really hasn't. <laughs> so yes, I I agree. I agree. Um. Christian, we, we hope this turns out for you, man. Really, really do. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Penn State basketball upsets, upsets number seven, Michigan. How's I it mean, begin? it's always great to see Penn State beat Michigan at anything. Um, great to see Penn State basketball come out with a huge upset. However, I think it's time for Pat Chambers to go. I like the guy, but the way this season has gone, yeah, I, I think it's really hard to argue that he should stay. Um, he's been... There had been, like, some trend towards success the past couple of years, but, like, never quite got there. And, you know, Penn State's never going to be, like, I shouldn't say never, but, like, most likely isn't going to be a great program. But it really should be a lot better than this. Yeah, I think it's, if you look at the talent that we've had, and, again, we're not getting these top guys by any means. We're getting we're getting good kids. They that get some recruits, play. though, man. That, no, that's when I say top, I yeah. mean, like, the Dukes, the North Carolina. Yeah, course, like, we're never going to compete. We're never going to get a Zion Williamson, right? Not right away. Um that was a super optimistic, not yeah. right away. Um, but like, listen, they bring in, they brought in like a couple four star guys though, Dude, haven't they? Tony Carr was great. He got drafted by the Pelicans last yeah. year. Ended up playing over. He's in DJ Newbill led the Big Italy. Ten in scoring. Yeah, uh, Lamar Stevens is having a hell of a year. Yeah. Honestly, he's having a really really good year. Josh Reeves is a hell of a player. Mike Watkins, when he's healthy, he's really good. He's dealing with some. He he went through. Uh, was it? He had some like uh, mental health issues. He he's going through some things. But like, yeah, the talent is there. Like. I'm not saying we should even be a tournament team. Like, I think we should be bubble. Like, we should be close to it. Penn State right. should be a pretty consistent bubble team. Um, let me put it to you this way. I'm, I'm a Seton Hall basketball fan, have been all my life. Um, they're a school of about, like, 3,000 kids. They, they might make the tournament this season. If they do, I believe it'll be the fourth or fifth season in a row that they have. Yeah, that's that's nice. And they went through a rough period for a while, mm-hmm. and now they're back because they have got a good coach. There's no reason Penn State shouldn't be able to duplicate that kind of success. Completely agree. And and again, like you said, Pat Chambers probably a really good guy. I nothing against him personally, but it's time he for he bought change. me my season tickets one year. Really? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I like. That. I was walking through the hub, and I had no idea who he was. And he walked up to me, asked me if I wanted to buy season basketball tickets, and I didn't. So I lied to him and told him I didn't my wallet. And <laughs> <laughs> and so he was like, oh, don't worry about it. And he walked me over to the table in the hub oh, and, and bought me season tickets. He bought them for you? Yes, he did. Oh, whoa. All right. You know what? I just had to change heart. Pat, stay, Pat Chambers. By the way, still didn't know who he was while, while he was doing this. So you thought this was just like some random guy I thought this was just like tickets. some bald guy. And then I, 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 I get back to the house and I'm telling somebody about the story. I was like, yeah, some guy, some short bald guy named Pat bought me my season tickets. He was like, yeah, because he asked me my name, and I said Pat. Did you think it was just because, like, oh, we have our Dude, name you wanna, in Dude, you want to see – all right, so he's he's not a tall guy. I believe that. Kind of short guy. He's bald. He's kind of, like, stocky. I asked him if he was a wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, 
oh, you look like a wrestler. Are you a wrestler? He's like, oh, and he laughed. I went, no. Oh, my God. And I get back to the house, and I t- I'm telling some of the story. I'm like, dude, Pat Chambers just bought you basketball tickets. I was like, who? <laughs> oh, my. So you're, like you're our, sitting there Our like, head basketball coach just bought you season tickets. You're sitting there like, oh, I had a funny experience, and this guy's name was also Pat, and he thought that was funny, so he bought me tickets. Yeah. Like, that's what you, Okay. And then they gave me a poster. I'm like, so I opened it up, and there he is on the poster. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So I like you, Mr. Chambers. Very nice. But, uh, so, yeah. So to the, to also the, love <laughs> his brother. Great guy. I don't know his brother, but head, sure. Head of the Penn, uh, Penn State Basketball Booster Club. Really great guy. Okay. But uh, cool. just... I and you need to see start seeing more success out of this Time for team. change, but hey, nice win against Michigan. That was really fun. It is six forty three p.m. in Michigan. Still, Still sucks. Uh, last one for random topics. Uh, guys going to the combine. Uh, so we have a bunch of our guys gotten invites to the combine. Uh, Miles Sharif, Ryan Bates, Connor McGovern. Um, who else? Amani will be there. Trace will be there. Uh, I think honestly, I think most of our guys are are going. Um, there's probably a couple I'm missing. Did, um, um, what's his I name? Garrett Taylor. No, he's coming back. He's still playing. Who? Uh, no, Nick Kev- Scott. Nick Sorry. Scott, I have not seen yet. Kevin Givens, I haven't seen. I'm rooting for Nick Scott. Uh, yeah, I, I can see I it. like him. Yeah, Nick Scott's the man. Um, but yeah, most of our guys are going, but what I want to call about this is what I think is really cool. A lot of them are doing uh, a fundraising uh, for their combine, which we've Saw seen that. people do before. Um, we see a lot of partnerships <laughs> with uh, Uplifting Athletes. There's a couple of other programs, um, but basically it's like, hey, uh, you know, pledge an amount of uh, dollars for every bench press I do or every, you know, or every whatever rep yeah. uh and then they donate to a great cause so like miles is supporting his his high school uh woodland hills in pennsylvania which is really cool um i think trace and ryan bates are doing the uh it's like the center for rare diseases or something so like really really cool stuff that they're doing i don't know exactly how we're going to do it we'll find a way to support them somehow um but i think that's awesome and and i i don't think this is necessarily unique to penn state like i i see some people like say that like oh it's not just you like everyone does that dude i don't care i'm celebrating good still a good thing yeah i'm not saying like we're the only ones like, i'm saying this is cool i be like yeah really unoriginal guys yeah sick. Like, donate the charity <laughs> jagoffs come up with your own ideas <laughs> yeah so long story short i think it's really cool i'm very excited for our guys in the combine i love i love the combine it's one of those things that i think can get really stale especially if you're not like a diehard football fan it can get watching guys run the 40 it's not that exciting no but i just i love the atmosphere i'm watching your guys run the 40 though true true and we're gonna get there one year we're gonna get some press passes we're gonna interview our guys um but yeah i do want to give a quick shout out uh shout out to rick mcsorley trace's dad um He's Rick fairly act- he's actually fa- fairly active on Twitter and he's given us some love. He's like, given us some really? some likes on uh, I had one on Trace Big the Dick other- Rick McSorley. <laughs> I had one on <laughs> Trace uh the other day uh or yesterday even tweeted like uh it's a picture of Trace he's doing Hey Rookie for ESPN. Saquon was on it. It's like they're profiling guys getting ready for the draft. Uh it's a great picture of Trace. So I tweeted I was like I was like I dare you to tell me this guy won't get drafted. And who likes it? Rick McSorley. Uh, had the one with the bleach and Pat and Pat Calicchio. <laughs> had the one with the Bleacher Report article of them questioning like his height and all of that, and like we put together a screenshot of all the Penn State players coming together and supporting him. Who retweets it? Rick McSorley. That's right. And probably Pat Calicchio. Um, but yeah, really I cool. Guys going to the combine, raising some good money. Really, really awesome. All right, that's our quick hitters. So let's get into some transfer portal updates. So our last episode was actually called transfer portal schmansfer portal so hopefully you check that out Uh, and we broke down everything about the transfer portal so i'm not going to go into super detail but a couple updates since we last recorded first big one lamont wade stays at penn state what are your thoughts i love it um you know the, the kid was just exploring his options and again he's a kid um i know he's legally an adult but he's what 19 20 maybe maybe 20 yeah 
He was exploring some options, um, and he made the decision to stay. So that obviously means it matters to him. Um, the only th- and listen, as fans, I don't care if you welcome him back with open arms. All that matters to the guys in the locker room too, and Agreed. I guarantee you they will. One hundred percent agree, and I think this is one I brought up on our last episodes. I said, you know, because when when you go into the transfer portal, that doesn't mean you have to leave. You, you're just explain gives you the eligibility to. Yeah. So I kind of said, like, hey, is that awkward when you come back? Like your your teammates, your coaches, but like, I just don't see Franklin being that way. I don't see the guys in the locker room being that way, and I'm pumped. Like I think Lamont still can be a very very impactful player. He's a five star recruit. He was Mister Pennsylvania football. Like. I, I mean, I think he's going to be a very good player. Yeah, I, I st- he's he's super, super talented. Like, sure, he hasn't gotten the reps that maybe he wanted or he deserved or whatever you want to slice it. I think the people, the thing that people were talking about most on, like, Twitter and everything is there were some, like, I guess tweets and Instagram posts where, like, it's kind of, I don't want to say cryptic, but, like, he had said something like, uh, you know, short-term sacrifice for long-term gain or, like, wasn't my decision. Like, and, again, I think people take that shit way it's out of It's okay context. to get frustrated about stuff. Yeah. Especially when, you know, you got, you got to remember, I bet this kid wants to play in the NFL. Absolutely. And if he feels like somehow decisions are being made that don't benefit him to get there, you can understand why it would upset him. 100%. And my big thing on that, too, is like, listen, I don't, I don't try to read into tweets like that. Like, it's fun. But, like, the people who take that very seriously, like, oh, he said this. Like, dude. People put up whatever the fuck. It's Twitter. Yeah. Grow yeah. up. Short-term <laughs> sacrifices for long-term gain could mean that he, you know, is working through an injury. Yeah, like anything. It could mean anything. So stop stop the hate. Ever, the, the, like people are so ridiculous of like, oh, well, he did. we don't want him. He didn't want to be here. Like, shut up. Because guess what? When he comes up with a big-time interception or yeah, a big-time sack, I, I you're going to be you're gonna be screaming for him. So yeah. shut up. Lamont, we love you. Uh, I DM'd you. I was a little buzzed when I did, but I would love you to get on the podcast. That would be really cool. Uh, so that was the big one. Throw first. a dick pic in there. I did not. I did oh. not. Listen, we're we're classy. Probably would have responded if you no, did. No, no, we're classy on this show, Lamont. We're a good time. Come on. <laughs> uh, next big name. So we we talked about in the very beginning the two big names in the portal were Lamont and Jawan Johnson. Now we knew Jawan was leaving because he put out like you know the the uh, notes app on the iPhone of thank everyone I'm I'm done or whatever. I think it was a uh, maybe even an Instagram. He has found a home. He is now an Oregon Duck. Yes. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah, and that's that's what I take it too. Like, I, and I honestly, I kind of like Oregon as a landing spot for him. Justin Herbert, who was kind of primed as QB one for this draft class, decided to stay at Oregon for an extra year. So he's got a he's got a veteran quarterback that is going to be an NFL quarterback, whether yeah. he pans out or not. He's, the kid's going to get drafted, so he's got a good quarterback. I don't know much about Oregon's football team, but like, yeah, dude, go ball the fuck out and get to the league. Like, of course, I would like Jawan to be with us, but I wish him the best. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. To, and again, that's it didn't another. seem to really be working out for him at Penn State. And he had a down year. Like it, it wasn't a good year. We got another another change in wide receivers coach. There's a lot of young talent. I, I get it, and that kind of leads into the. Would the I like to be stayed? Of course. Yes. But he didn't. All right. And that's it. Like, why dwell on it? Like, people are so pissed and, and want to make the point of like, well, well, he committed to us and he made a commitment, dude. This is this is how it goes. Like, this is life. Move on. Yeah, it's w- college sports. It's all right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, quick note on Oregon while we're there. Kenny Sanders, Saunders. Oh, I'm getting that wrong. I've realized I'm really bad at names. Kenny, I'm going to say Sanders if it's Saunders. I'm sorry. Is there um, a U in there? I don't remember. And that's the problem. Okay. Uh, I'll look it up. But either way, he was our uh, director of recruiting or assistant director of recruiting. He has actually taken the job of director of recruiting at Oregon as well. Uh, wish him the best of luck. He's one that literally every player was tweeting, like, best guy in the world. Yeah. They got a good one. Like, he's been – he's one of those guys that uh, – 
you won't see get a lot of love, right? Because it's always about the coaches. And yeah. even like strength and conditioning gets some love. No one ever gives love to the director of recruiting, like from the outside. Especially the assistant director of recruiting. Right, right. This guy has done so much for this program. Really, really happy for him. Uh, more transfer portal. So like we said, Jawan leaving. There's a lot of young talent. Uh, another young wide receiver actually just went in, Cam Sullivan-Brown. Um, he's a guy who has gotten a couple reps here or there, but I, I don't know what his outlook looked like. Um, hasn't landed on anywhere yet, but he's in the portal. Any any thoughts there? I, if he hasn't gone anywhere by now, I wouldn't be surprised if he stays. Um, he's re- Well, he's recently added. A couple. It's, it's fairly yeah. recent that he got added into the portal. Um, it seems like one of those things where Penn State seems to be loaded with young wide receiver talent. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily – not a lot of proven talent, but, like, young talent. Yep. And yeah. so if you've got the feeling that, like, you're just not going to get a chance to shine, I understand you're trying to go next level. Yep. And I, I You're he's not going to get there if people, you know, if the only thing about you is that you look good against the practice squad. Right. And he's one that I kind of, like, will break it down eventually into, like, tiers of, of positions. But, like, your top-tier wide receivers, you got your KJ Hamler, your Justin Shorter, right? He, he's kind of in that, that, I guess, next tier for me with, like, uh, Jahan Dotson, who probably could even be in that first year, but Jahan Dotson, Mac Hippenhammer, Cam Sullivan Brown. That's kind of how like, I'm I a, I'm a little him. surprised to see him see him go. Yeah. Yeah. And th- like I said, it's we have he probably has like less than ten catches to his name. So it's it's not like he's not performing. It's just we haven't seen a lot. So yeah. we'll see what comes of that. But one that I really did like that is in the transfer portal, uh, Mark Allen, running back. He has used all five of his years of eligibility. It looks like he's petitioning for a sixth on a medical red shirt. Um, and the way it works, from what I understand, is if you medically retire, you can't come back to the school that you're at. You have to play somewhere else. That's what happened with uh, Torrance Brown. That's why he left. Um, a lot of other schools are seeing it. Mark Allen, I love this guy. Uh, war number eight, short, scrappy running back. Always made the most of his opportunities. Like He, he got limited reps because, guess what? He was yeah. playing behind Saquon Barkley, and then he was playing behind Miles Sanders. He was always the oldest, older guy in the room than those guys, mm-hmm. but he was a leader they loved him in the locker room and he's just a presence i really really love this guy i hope he gets a chance somewhere i hope he's healthy i hope he gets to play yeah be- best of luck to marcus like i think you're i hope you go killed somewhere and i think you know in in a room where there isn't saquon barkley and miles sanders good chance you're going to be the premier back mark allen we love you man uh last transfer portal update so this one goes out to all my haters Every single hater that says the transfer portal sucks, kids shouldn't leave, there's no loyalty to the program. Guess what? We just got a transfer in. We got one, baby. Uh, so we've been we've been talking about like, hey, when when is someone going to come into Penn State? Um, you know, we've had a couple of transfers prior to this whole transfer portal thing, um, but no like major splashes. So we get George Campbell, who is a wide receiver from Florida State, was a five star recruit in 2015. So it's almost to me like Jawan leaves, George Campbell comes in. Pretty similar stories. Yeah. So like this. Oh, I, I shouldn't actually shouldn't say that, but like similar um, high caliber prospect. Yeah. Like he's a he's a big body receiver. All the talent in the world. I, I've read a little bit. It sounds like he's battled injuries at Florida State. Yes. Like he, he's got two, I, two seasons of. He injury. genuinely has like a handful of catches to his career. Like if you look at his stats, you'd be like, who the hell is this kid? The other thing I'll say is fully understand that a five-star rating in 2015 means nothing right now. I'm very okay with that. Well, that's not true. It doesn't mean nothing. It means he has talent. Sure. No, no, no. But, but my point means he's being, a good athlete. Yes, but my point is like, hey, we're not, it doesn't, I, I'm not getting my hopes up on like, oh, my God, we're got yes. an instant impact guy, and he's going to be the best wide receiver. Yes. Like, 
yeah, take it for what you will. He was a five-star for a reason, right? He has the size. He has the athleticism. If he's healthy, that's a really nice veteran presence in a room full of young wide receivers like we just talked about. So, yeah, if you're complaining about kids leaving, I don't want you to to celebrate any single George Campbell touchdown. That's a rule. I like it. If I see you clapping, I get to hit you. That's it. We will kill you. Uh, so that's it for transfer portal for right now. Um, we still have another. We got a couple of guys in there that haven't found homes yet, but I'm sure they will. And, and best of luck to all those guys. Uh, so let's transition to coaching changes. Uh, so I mentioned I'm really bad with names, right? Mm-hmm. Kenny Saunders, Sanders. I don't know. Yeah, whatever. So we talked on our last episode. We have a new wide receivers coach, and I, I said Gerard Parker. His name is not Gerard. Gerard? No. So Gerard. You, no. So yeah, I love the guesses. <laughs> Gerald. So here's the thing. There is no second R. So it is G-E-R-A-D. How would you pronounce that? G-E-R-A-D. That doesn't sound like a name to me. Me neither. I was like, Gerard. 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 Apparently it's Jared. Get out of here. I sw- Listen, I watched. Jared. I- Jared spelled with a J. <laughs> I, I, and the E and the A is switched. Get out of here. Jared, if that's your name, man, we got to talk. Uh, no, but seriously, I, I literally... What kind of fucking parents this guy have? This is what I did at work for like an hour. I looked up clips of like his interviews till I heard someone say it. Because I was like, I looked up James Franklin's. I looked up... And everyone just kept calling him Coach Parker. Coach Parker. I was like, someone's got to say this you guy's know, first Garrett. name. You know, Someone's got to <laughs> say... So finally, I found when he was uh, Purdue's interim head coach, the like athletic director. And he's like, and we thank Jared. So either... Purdue's, in, Purdue's athletic director is just very, very wrong, or this guy's name is Jared. I think his name's Jared. Oh, my God. Now, listen, you guys have just listened to 90 seconds of me babbling about a name, so we're going to keep moving. The actual coaching change that we have to report, Phil Galliano, special teams coordinator that we talked about we thought had a good chance of being let go and wasn't, found himself a home in the NFL. Good luck. I'm a little woke on this one. Like, Franklin didn't fire him. Maybe there was like a conversation of between who? I don't know. Anyway, he he's now with the Saints organization as an assistant special teams coordinator. Enter Joe Lorig from Texas Tech. Uh, not this guy's really a stud. Not really Texas Tech though, because he was hired there in like January. So yeah, he's really from uh, Memphis, I believe. Memphis, exactly. So he has 22 years of coaching experience in college. Uh, every place I read has different numbers, but he has at least four years a piece of defensive coordinator and special teams coordinator yes. guys got a lot special teams is at memphis like you said um and, and he did some wonders for them they had i think i read a 21 year drought of no return touchdowns mm-hmm. in his first year they had three and the next one they had four yeah the kid like and i'm sure that also in his entire tenure there they didn't let up a single punt or kick return touchdown whoa that's really good that's big that one. talk about winning a bowl game with that yeah seriously so th- this is a big hire um also kicker and punter Got a first team all conference awards under his twenty uh, in twenty sixteen under his tenure. That's huge. I love that. He worked with James Franklin in nineteen ninety nine, and apparently another big thing he has a foothold in Southern California recruiting. Uh, we are recording here in sunny Los Angeles. It's been a little cold actually, um, but yeah, that's another big thing. We've seen the effects of Jaywan Sider, running backs coach, who has a presence in Florida. The pipeline of kids from Florida, Penn State, has become real over the last two years with Jaywan there. And California is a massive pool of talent. And that's my point. Is like if this guy can really help us there, that is a – listen, special teams on the field is amazing. Recruiting in SoCal, get it. Um, funny thing I'll say about this one is uh, as I read the, the first tweet that came out, it was like Joe Lorig, Texas Tech ST coordinator. ST meaning special teams. Mm-hmm. 
my dumbass read that as Texas Tech, Tech State. State. And I was like, what the fuck kind of school is Texas <laughs> Tech State? Texas Tech State. I've never even heard of them. Texas Tech State A&M. <laughs> <laughs> so Joel Lorick, new special teams coordinator. Uh, it, that's got to be an improvement. Like, again, Galliano, best of luck Big to you. Big time. Got to be an improvement. And I, I think we've got so many weapons on special teams. I got teams. high hopes for this guy. So many weapons. All we got to do is get rid of Lime Grover, and we're made in shade. <laughs> think about our special teams. You got Blake Gillikin, who has the tools to be the best punter in the country. You have Pinnegar, who we gave a lot of shit, but as a true freshman, I think he Showed has room some to promise. grow. Showed some promise. You got KJ Hamler, who's one of the most electric return men in the country. Oh, absolutely. And there's so many other young guys with insane speed coming in that I think can go into that return game. There's going to be a lot of fun this year in the special teams. So, Joe Lorig, welcome. All right. We will round this out with some Twitter questions. This has been something that uh, some TQs. we like doing. We got, we've got we started to actually get some questions from you guys, so thank you all for writing Love in. Love it. Uh, we actually have, I think, three or four Twitter ones, and I have one from Instagram. Woo! Uh, we are not as active on Instagram. I will be honest. i got to get better at that. Uh, but we'll start with Twitter ones. So um, this one is about recruiting, and I know, I know you're not as big into recruiting as I am, Pat, so I might I have not. to take some of this, but... Uh, our friends at We Are Graphics, Penn State Graphics, check them out. They're awesome. Says, uh, going a little different slash depressing with this one, who do you think was the biggest miss during this recruiting cycle? And then followed it up with, and while we're at it, the biggest get. Uh, so, biggest miss, probably someone I never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> fair enough. So guess what? I got a couple names. All right. Uh, so if you guys are recruiting nuts, I'll give you the, the quick rundown here. and We'll keep this short. Biggest miss, if you're going to go statistically, just where they ranked, uh, it's Antonio Alfano. Uh, ended as the number five prospect in the country. 24-7 actually has him ranked as number one. Number five overall? Yes. 24-7 has him ranked as number one. Uh, he ended up at Alabama, defensive end. He's from New Jersey. Penn State was the favorite for him a while ago. So this is where I give the caveat of I don't really count him as a miss. And and there were a couple Well, he doesn't go to our school. So. Well, yeah, but – my point being, there were a couple people in our comments that go, oh, we should have had him. <laughs> he was out on us, like, fairly early. We, we were a leader, a leader, a leader, yeah. a leader. And then it was like, eh, he kind of loves Alabama. So I g- kind of gave up on him. Like, when it came when it sure came what to he sees in them. <laughs> just a little small school in Tuscaloosa. Uh, when it came to his decision day, there were no – it was no surprise. Like, it, yeah. it was going to be him. For me, the actual biggest miss – and this one, again, maybe you'll say there was no chance, but it's Zach Harrison, uh, another defensive lineman. Uh, picked Ohio State, number 12 overall ranked player in the country. He came down to Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. This kid, and the reason I say the biggest miss, he's an incredible athlete, absolute talent. What I loved about him is his whole recruitment process was absolutely silent. He had his Twitter blocked like it was only for his friends. Good he, never, he never posted anything. He never gave a top five, a top ten, or like didn't buy into any of that shit. He was just like, I'm going to play, and I'm really good, and – I'm going to make my decision, and you'll know when it happens. Good for him. Um, he's from Ohio. It kinda it's too bad he went to such a garbage university. I know. Oh. Terrible. Well, maybe he can take Urban Meyer's ethics class, and then he'll get better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a uh, cheap shot. But, um, no, he, he's a really talented kid, and it was one of the most like volatile recruitments that I've seen where it was truly, truly like crystal balls were flipping in 24-7, where like at one point Penn State was – actually the leader and people were like yeah he's actually gonna go like he's gonna leave ohio and then i was like no no no, he's gonna stay and then people were like wait maybe he's gonna go to michigan it was just it was so all over the place that would have been such a huge get so that's why i classify it as a miss mm-hmm. a couple honorable mentions lewis sign uh four-star safety ended up at georgia and nick cross um who had a oh, wild yeah. recruitment as well um uh, another one of our Florida pr- state 
He was committed to Florida State. I know, he ended up at Maryland, Ended right? up at Maryland, yeah. So shout out to Shane Lunnan, who's another one of our, he's from our Maryland, listeners right? here. Yeah, he's from, he's from the area. Goes to DeMatha, which is uh, Shane Simmons' high school. Big Maryland pipeline. Mark Allen's high school. Mike Rush's high school. There you go. Big time. Uh, TDX Shane rules. <laughs> Shane <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. Uh, Shane Lunnan, I'm trying to say your name. Shout out to you, Twitter follower, listens to our show. Uh, that was his question on February 8th when we were supposed to record this was, what's your take on the Nick Cross situation? Um, yeah, so that's a weird one. He was committed to Florida State for a long time, called it his dream school. And then apparently his parents fell in love with Penn State. So it was like, shit, his parents want him to go there. Like Parents always do make better decisions. They do, but it's it's one of those like, listen, if a kid doesn't want to be there, like that's just a poor situation. Like yeah, I'm not gonna say I don't want him. Of course I want him. He's a great, talented player, but like that sucks if you really if you're you hard don't want somewhere an unha- else. An unhappy player. Yeah. Locker. So like I don't know, is Maryland a compromise? Did did the new head coach there take him? I don't know. Either way, hope he does great. So that's well, I wouldn't be shocked if that kid ends up in the transfer portal. That's and that's what a lot of people said. Like, hey, if he comes to Penn State, that's great. But who's to say? Well, if he goes into the transfer portal, I would guess he ends up at Florida State. Yeah, that's that's the dream school, quote unquote. Um, so yeah, that's my biggest misses. Biggest get. We kind of touched on this a little bit in our last episode of like, who do you think in this class is going to be the biggest guy? Well, no, that's last the class. Last class. Damn it! Oh, Brandon Smith. There you go. You're on the my right boy. Track. You're on the right track. Um, Love that kid. Yeah. So Brandon Smith is the obvious choice. He, he's. Number one linebacker in the country, top 10 player, depending on the service that you look at. Kid's going to be dominant. And he's going to play right away. A um, couple others that I will shout out. Uh, Lance Dixon, another linebacker. This one is super, super interesting to me and just shows how ridiculous recruiting is. So 24-7 sports, which is I, I would kind of equate to your flow wrestling. Yeah. They're, they're like my source of truth. They actually moved him up in the last rankings to number 13 overall. Ooh. Number one outside linebacker. Ooh. You know who number 12 overall and the number one inside linebacker was? Brandon Smith. Smith. So, like, that's insane to me. You got these two crazy kids, right? And this is what I'll say. Lance Dixon, hell of a talent. Like, I've watched his tape. Really, really good. However, the composite rankings, which is like an algorithm of all the different major services, has him at 179 overall and ninth outside linebacker. How does that work? I have no idea. And that's my point. It's like... How could you be that far off? Number 13 to number 179. I, I don't know. S- somebody in the composite has somebody to like hates him. have it out for him. Yeah. Like s- his, his, Ranked him at 500. His aunt like stood someone up on a date or something. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think Lance Dixon's going to be really, really good. I think linebacker U, it, it's bad, man. You, lo- you look at next year of Micah Parsons, Cam Brown, some of the other role players of Ellis Brooks, Jan Johnson. Jan Johnson's still there, right? I believe so. All those guys. You add Brandon Smith and Lance Dixon in there, and Brandon's on campus already right now. We have 11 early enrollees. Those guys are going to be big time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some of the other obvious ones are the running backs. We have two running backs coming in that are both going to compete for touches with Ricky Slade. Um, We'll talk about them a little bit, but the ones that I'm going to shout out is my biggest gets that are maybe a little bit unconventional. First one is Caden Wallace, offensive lineman. He's 6'5", 288, four-star. This kid is just a mauler. Like you watch his tape. There's videos of him just tossing kids. And I know it's high school. The competition level is different. Um, but we've kind of been waiting to see a true, like, young impact offensive lineman. And I guess McGovern would be the one that we've, we've probably seen most lately. Bates has been amazing, but I think it took him a year or two to get there. Um, I think you'll see Mennett this year. I think you'll see Miranda. You'll see Thorpe. Caden Wallace, to me, I think, is a guy who, as a freshman, probably won't play on the offensive line, but you'll see him earlier than later. 
Uh, and then lastly, biggest get is we got two QBs. That's something Franklin yeah. has wanted for a long, long time is have five scholarship quarterbacks. And he got two of them in uh, Taquan Roberson and Michael Johnson Jr. Um, both dual threats, both really talented kids, four stars. It's going to be a competition in the QB room. Like, yes, Tommy's the guy, but those guys, iron sharpen iron, I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, and then, you know, Tommy's only got a year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, Heisman contender Sean Clifford will take over. He- Heisman snub Sean snub. Clifford. Yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, there's 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 a lot of big gets in this class. It's a really good class. Um, I'll get into some of the details of the class. Uh, if we finish at number 13 overall, 24-7 ranks us as number three. I don't know what the difference there is, but let's go with the actual well, composite. I, I think we didn't have, like, a big class, so my guess is the 24-7 ranking is, like, some kind of – is more more based on the average play like yeah. of the player than yeah, the size of the class. And this is one of those things like you can you can read the data whichever way is most favorable for you, right? Like, so we're number th- let's let's call it thirteen overall. Sure, we're number. I'm gonna two. call it three. <laughs> we're number two in the Big Ten. You know who number one is? Michigan. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Ohio State. I thought I had you there. No, there was a big thing. Ohio State, the smaller class. Yeah. They had the a- a higher average star recruiting, but yeah, not exactly. the composite rating. Exactly. Yep. So we have. Oh, I was listening. <laughs> so we have twenty-three commits in this class. One five-star, and that's Brandon Smith. You could argue Lance Dixon is another one, depending on the service. Uh, f- Seventeen four-stars, and then five three-stars. Uh, average rating that you were alluding to there. We are ninety-one point oh one. That's good for eighth best in the country. That's behind Bama, Georgia, Ohio State. What does it take to be a five-star? Texas. If your rating is above ninety, how are you not five stars? Honestly, it's it's How do reserved. The stars work. It's I don't know the math, but you know what's funny is I was looking on twenty four seven and you click on like there's like an info button. It's like statistical analysis. They have a whole thing. There's like a there's an equation with like the sigma and the really? this this and the function of that and standard deviation. I was like, dude, oh. there's some nerds behind this. I respect I can, it. Fucking nerds. <laughs> so that's my that's my biggest gets. Um, yeah, it's a good recruiting class. It is. Like we talked about maybe doing a full breakdown of everyone. It's a lot to be honest. Um, all right, let's go next to uh, Twitter follower CJ Scalzetti. Uh, I don't know if he's a follower, maybe. I don't know. Uh, Twitter at CJ Goon. Nice name. He said, regarding Justin Fields, are you in the camp of all kids should be allowed to transfer without sitting a year regardless, or this is BS? Pat, what's your take? Ooh, that's a tough one. It um, is. You know, I don't know if all kids should be able to transfer without sitting because that, that could that, that could be kind of a slippery slope. However, it does seem a little ridiculous that kids get penalized for transferring while coaches who actually get paid can just move willy-nilly. Um, I guess the short answer there is there's a lot more players than coaches, so it's can't get as out of control with coaches moving around. I've got a hard time saying that Justin Fields shouldn't sit out a year. Yeah, and and I, I, I responded on Twitter as like the sh- short answer for me is it's somewhere in the middle. Like I don't know what yeah. I don't know I don't love the, right the idea of a like. kid losing a year of eligibility though for transfer. No, it, it, yeah, that sucks because like you said, coaches who are getting paid millions can go do whatever they want. Maybe not millions, but a lot. Yeah. Um Justin Fields and I'll, let me let me clear the air on this. I don't care Justin Fields. I really don't. Like so many Penn Staters are still holding this grudge. Get over it. He was a verbal commit. Yeah. Move on. I don't care about the Justin Fields situation, but I do care about the implications of they granted him immediate eligibility. What's going to happen with Tate Martell in Miami? He should probably get immediate eligibility. 
right? Because Jeff Fields did. And then you can talk about the underlying reasons of why the waiver. And it's just, it, like you said, it's a slippery, slippery slope as to why does one kid and not another kid? And how much evidence do you have to prove that it truly was a terrible situation? Yeah. Like, it just becomes ugly. So I think it's, yeah, I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think they need to, I think the transfer portal is honestly a good step. I think it makes it much more open. I think it makes it easier for kids to explore options. Um, but I think it, it's something we'll see over the next three to four years refine and, and get better, hopefully, to a point where, you know, you and I have said on this show a lot of times, like, if a kid is not happy or not exceeding and thinks he can do better somewhere else, like, yeah, we want that. These are amateur athletes, 18, 19-year-old kids, of course. But do we also want, like, the ego of a five-star kid who's not playing right away saying, fuck this, I'm out? Yeah, that's no. the other thing is you have to remember how impulsive, like, 19- and 20-year-old kids are. And – you know, you don't want someone potentially ruining their future because they made a bad decision when they were 19. Yeah. No, I, I, again, I'm fully in support of finding something And then there, there is works. also the, uh, you know, you made a commitment somewhere, and that's that should matter. Yeah, it's a life so, lesson. You know, to some extent. Absolutely. So, so. Th- there's probably a solution that I can't come up with. Yeah. Let's do this. Hey, if you're listening to this episode and you're passionate about this, tweet us your best ways to fix transfers in college. Yeah. Uh, if you got some good ones, we'll retweet. We'll shout you out. Hit us up. Maybe you only sit out half the season. Yeah. But, uh, there's a compromise. I don't know what it is. but yeah. there, and, and it's the same thing with, like, should kids get paid? And we won't go down that rabbit hole because that's a 40-minute topic. But, listen, there's some middle ground, right? Th- it doesn't have to be yes or no. There's some middle ground that can make this situation better. All I really want is NCAA football video game back. Like, oh, whatever we need to do to get players on my screen and I can play with them, please just bring that back. Agreed. All right, moving on. Next question. Uh, Jeffrey Wallizer Jr. Uh, had one on our last episode, too. Jeffrey, thank you very much. Uh, we kind of answered this one, but uh, we'll, we'll go through it. Of the players we signed, which one are you Which one are you guys most excited about? Kind of talked about that a little Brand bit. Smith. Brand Smith. Um, but he says, for me, it's probably Daquan Hardy, which I thought was really cool. So if you don't know Daquan Hardy, that's okay. He's a late, uh, late signee with us. Mr. PA Football. Um, Fourth year in a row we've gotten Mr. PA football, right? Yes, absolutely. I was just going to say that. So Saquon, Miles, Lamont Wade, Micah Parsons, Daquan. So fifth year. Fifth year. Woo, baby. Fifth year. And actually the one year we actually had two of them. I think it was Miles Sanders and Michael Schuster, who's like a walk-on quarterback. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Because they do it like big school and small school. Either way, Mm. five years in a row, Mr. PA football. Uh, So, yeah, Daquan Hardy, I I wanted to call out because I wanted to talk through him. Uh, really interesting prospect. He is our lowest-rated prospect of of this cycle. He's a let's see, he's a three-star. Guessing uh, he was the small school, uh, Mr. PA. Actually, I don't know. He's Penn Hills in Pittsburgh. I think that's a bigger yeah, that school. That is a big school. Yeah. Um, three-star, eighty-four overall. Uh, he's a hundred and thirty-fifth at his position per the composite rankings. He's a cornerback. This kid is an athlete. Like he's rated as a quarter corner. If you watch his tape. His speed returning the ball, his speed on interceptions, the way he just navigates the field, like I think Penn State's going to find a way to use this kid. He has potential to be electric. I don't know what they're going to do with him yet. I don't care about the rankings. And this is, this is one of those that it goes both ways, right? Like you can't say a five-star won't be a bust. You can't say a two-star won't be amazing. Like, yeah, Ed I'm, Reed was a two-star recruit. Yeah. I, I'm excited for this kid. He, he seems like a good kid. Uh, it was cool, you know, the Mr. PA football uh, – James Franklin was there to like help present, so like he yeah. presented, uh, he presented to Julian Fleming, who won, who is actually top wide receiver in the 2020 class that we're hoping to get. His girlfriend is currently a student at Penn State, so oh, we got him! Come on, Julian! As long as they don't break up, that's it. Listen, 
sweetheart, whatever it takes, just keep him happy. (laughs) All right, moving on. Next question. Uh, Ooh, we're going to go to Instagram. I think that's all of my Twitter ones. Um, So, yeah, the Instagram question comes from, let me see if I can get there. Um, Yeah, I don't know if this guy, Jack Durbin, I don't know if he's not on Twitter or if he just likes Instagram better. But this is one, it was actually a while ago, and we just missed it on one of our episodes, but I thought it was a cool question that I wanted to ask you. So he said, got a question for you. What's the deal with big-time recruits such as Shane Simmons, Lamont Wade, and Justin Shorter not performing the way we thought they would? You think they're still going to live up to the hype? Uh, Yes. Uh, I think there's just so much more attention put on recruits now than there ever used to be. So it wasn't uncommon for recruits who were even five stars to come in and not perform as freshmen. And now that there's just such a light on these guys when they do, it's you, you sit there and be like, oh, that's weird. Um, and especially with a guy like Shorter, who I think had some injury issues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, this is a pretty unprecedented time in college athletics where true freshmen are kind of expected to come in and do stuff right away. Yeah. Whereas probably as recent as 15 years ago, you weren't expected to even see the field as a true freshman. It was like, it was ridiculous. It, yeah, you, you assumed that you weren't going to. Mm-hmm. So just remember, I mean, these kids are 18 coming in as true freshmen. And. You know, by the time these guys, uh, some guys are seniors, they're like 24. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So give them them a year before you really say that they haven't lived up to anything. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And and I think, yeah, I think Shorter is the one. It's like, hey, he was a true freshman. Like, he he will be very, very good next year. Uh, Simmons, Shane Simmons, I almost said Shimmons. Uh, Shane Simmons and Lamont Wade are a little bit more in the program. They're on their third year, right? And my answer was similar to yours of, like, the spotlight, but in the sense that Penn State, I mean, for a while, if you're a five-star kid, you're the five-star in the class. Mm-hmm. All eyes are on you. My point and my response to, to Jack was, my guess is if you look at Alabama, if you look at Ohio State, if you look at all the big pl- programs, there's one or two five-stars that just don't pan out. And that's okay because guess what? They have three, four, five others, mm-hmm. right? For us, historically – We've had like a top kid, and it's it's highlighted when they don't. So I think as you see these recruiting classes get better and better and better, it becomes less noticeable. And again, it's just one of those things. Like recruiting rankings are not perfect, man. Like because someone's a five star doesn't mean they're going to be an insane talent. It's just it's not the way it works. So also remember, these kids are showing up to college. You remember what you did in college? Oh God. Sometimes things distract from the field. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I. I for those three in particular, I think all three are going to play a big part this year. I think Lamont Wade staying is huge. I think tr- Justin Shorter getting healthy, especially with the loss of Jawan Johnson, will be incredible. Shane Simmons, D-end. Listen, we just lost Sharif. Dude, there's a spot right there waiting for you. So, yes, I do think they will pan out. I think, like you said. And it could be just be as much down to guys like Eater Gross Masa, Matos being like unforeseenly great. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Where yeah. It, it doesn't mean Shane Simmons wasn't playing well. It just means that like Yeter looked that good that we put him in there. Exactly. So yeah, I, I, I think they're all going to be great. I'm very excited for the season. We'll get into a whole lot of like season predictions, but uh, yeah, that's about it for this episode. It, it's very difficult to stand out when you're not seeing the field a lot. Yes. It's 100%. really hard as an athlete mm-hmm. to be so good in your limited field time that they decide to keep you out there. Yeah, and, and, and that's the, the vicious cycle. It's like, okay, well, if you're good enough, you'll get field time, and then if you have field time, you'll play. But, like, it just doesn't always work that way. So, 
yeah, we can we can diatribe on that one. I'm gonna wrap this up because I feel like it's a long episode, um, but it's been a month, guys. Yes. It's been a fucking month. Um, and I think we're editing out like at least two minutes. <laughs> oh, at least, at least. But what I've learned, I think, is like podcasting. I'm gonna make the analogy of podcasting is like avocados. You gotta wait Ooh. sometimes, right? You gotta wait for it I to be like ripe. It. You gotta wait for the news to come. But when that news comes, if you're not recording and getting that shit out in like an hour, stale. I love it. Done. So. You have our commitment. We're going to try to be better. I keep lying to you guys. I don't know why. We're going to try to get better. Uh, follow us. Instagram. It's not a lie that we're going to try. Instagram, Twitter, at No Names All Game. Let us know what you want to hear. Get excited for the season. Winter workouts are happening. Spring ball is just around the corner. We are.